Hey, everyone. Welcome to a special bonus episode of Locked on Lakers. Brian Kamenetsky, Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, the Lakers, after winning four in a row, have now lost three in a row, and they did it in spectacular fashion to the Denver Nuggets on Saturday, losing by 37 points. Afterwards, Russell Westbrook says they're not playing hard enough. Frank Vogel says they're still searching for answers. It's hard to disagree with any of it, and we'll talk about it next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, sometimes even on Sundays, Andy, because when things go horribly wrong, sometimes we just have to respond in real time. Uh, and it's fair to say that things went wrong. I, I thought that when did they play last? It was uh, the the Sacramento game was was their worst loss of the year. But in terms of disheartening losses, where you could see the bad body language and a sense of potential hopelessness on the sidelines of the Lakers, I think this one takes the cake. I mean, as we've discussed before, including most recently that loss against the Sacramento Kings, it is hard for me to pinpoint the worst loss of the season without really doing some deep dive research and maybe breaking out an abacus. Like there's a lot going on there, but this one was discouraging to watch Brian, just in the sense of they, they played a decent enough first quarter. Yeah. But you could see the signs of what was happening, even while keeping it within five points to end that frame. And from there, it just started getting worse and worse and worse. And as the game went along, and I think this contributed to the bad body language you were talking about, it started becoming obvious that the answers that were required in this game, specifically defensively, the Lakers did not have nope. at all, and they were not coming. Um, even for, no. say, a guy like Bones Highland, uh, their rookie uh, point guard off the bench, career-high 27 points in this game, 10 rebounds <laughs> like he outscored I believe or pretty close to outscored the Laker bench by himself like until he started getting into garbage time there was right. a period where he was outpacing the entire Laker bench yeah so 133-96 was the final there and Andy you alluded to some of the you know kind of the the, the avalanche in the box score and you just look at the way this game progressed Lakers down 34 to 29 at the end of the first quarter they were out. They scored 31 points in the second quarter, so decent output. The Lakers go into the locker room with 60 points. That's not bad, but they gave up 39 to to Denver in the second. Um, it didn't get any better in the second half. The Lakers gave up 60 points themselves, and you know, just as bad, they only scored 36. You know, on their own. So I mean, they, they were terrible defensively. They were terrible offensively. Um, you know, LeBron inefficient 25 points on 23 shots um russ had 19 points i guess technically probably one of his better games but you know so just over th th there wasn't anything really you could look at this in this game as as positive um defensively they got absolutely annihilated in every way shape and form they tried to play big with dwight howard against nikola Jokic, and that didn't work certainly playing small against Nikola Jokic didn't work. They were scrambled all night, but it wasn't even, you know, even when Jokic didn't play, um, you know, Jokic played 28 minutes on, on Saturday night. You know, that, yeah. that, that leaves 
20 others where he didn't. <laughs> the Lakers no, got I mean, torched in those, arguably even worse than they did when when Jokic played. I mean, you don't need Nikola Jokic again when you got Bones Highland. <laughs> yep. I mean, he 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 was indicative of I mean, again, he's he's a he's a good player and I, I think he he's he's a lot of fun. I I think he's got a bright future ahead of him, but he put up a career high again, 27 points in this game. I'm going to go out in a limb and predict that 10 rebounds is a career high for him. The, the Lakers just, they had no answers for anything going on. Like you, you had mentioned going big, for example, Dwight Howard himself in the first quarter actually played very well. Dw- like Dwight was arguably the brightest he, spot. I thought he was, the- he was active and yeah. certainly offensively, he, you know, he got on the glass and he made himself available and all, but it didn't make a lick of difference no, I, offensively. I'm, of course, of course. That's sort of what I was getting at though. It, it didn't necessarily matter. I believe he had 11 points in the first quarter. And he was, he was in a lot of ways, the Lakers, he was the reason they were able to stay alive in that first quarter, because again, Denver was hitting everything. And you mentioned too, the, the lack of effectiveness that Dwight along with everybody else had in this game, but in particular Dwight being out there, obviously for Jokic without making excuses for what happened in this game. And we're definitely going to be talking about it in ways that clearly are not making excuses for him. My God. Does Nikola Jokic f up any defensive scheme? He does he does? And look, Denver is a team like the Lakers. Yeah, triple that has, double basically in the first half. First half, yeah. He's a t- you know De- the Lakers are you know Denver is a team that has struggled like the Lakers in a lot of ways. Lots of injuries, lots of instability in the lineup, um, and, and all of those things. Um, th- you know th- their podcasts are just as frustrated as ours. You know you know in terms of of what locked on Nuggets looks like. Um, they they are not a bad team though they certainly have some talent over there, uh, and they came out and they hit every single shot that they took from three pointer. They were went into the locker room at half shooting over sixty percent from three point range. That's not entirely bad defense. Some of that is just really really hot shooting. They made all but one of their free throws. Like Denver was offensively, this was a night where they were going to win. It seemed like, and that's fine. But the Lakers, you know, they they didn't necessarily need to win this game by 37. And the the issue isn't so much that Denver got hot. It's that the Lakers had zero response to anything that Denver was doing. And, you know, got beaten up by the same, you know, Derek Fisher on Spectrum Sportsnet talked about uh, after the game and some of the post game talked about just like simple stuff, you know communications on switches how aggressively do you come out do you leave somebody do you go under a screen to take a let you know bones highland take an open three-pointer when he hit his last seven of them like all of this stuff was going on and the the lack of organization combined with terrible offense just terrible in the second Um, half particularly in the second half um but you know sort of disintegrating as the game went on but you know useless in the second half um the reason this was disheartening, we'll get to Russell Westbrook's comments here in a second, is like the Lakers, their schedule continues to get more difficult. They play a lot of games on the road. They, you know, they've they've got a lot of games coming up against playoff teams. They see Utah, uh, you know, on Monday, uh, on Martin Luther King Day. They see uh, Miami. They see Brooklyn. And, you know, we'll see what happens with Kevin Durant, who who left uh, his game on Saturday with a knee injury. But you know, they see Philly. They see Charlotte. They see, you know. Th- it's going to get harder. And there was nothing about Saturday's game that made you think, huh, they can fight their way through that. 
And maybe Anthony Davis coming back makes a difference, but it's not going to be instant. Anthony Davis doesn't come back and instantly turn them into a team that can be what they need to be. It's going to be four or five, six games. And you wonder where they're going to be at the end of this stretch of, you know, where you get to mid-February, where you get to the All-Star break, if they can't do better than they've done over the last three games. Yeah, I mean, AD is going to be reevaluated sometime this upcoming week. Like we're we we are not going to know the exacts of it. I think no. I don't even know if they know for sure exactly when it's going to happen, but it's coming up soon. Hopefully, he will be back. There, but there like, are reports that the Lakers are optimistic that he could be back by the yeah. end of January. But I mean, a he is not going to automatically cure everything that's happening with this team. He'll make them better and Much certainly. Better defensively he gives them an anchor that they just don't have right now and you know there's only so much you can ask of LeBron as a rim protector and he's you can see that either fatigue or a oh crap I got to keep doing this every single game defensively is starting to say in the last few games LeBron has been as bad defensively as everybody else on this team but also, too, and this is going to get into, I think, uh, the comments from Russell Westbrook, I think you are starting to really see a lack of belief setting in with this team. And like it is starting to daunt on them just, oh, crap, we really may not be good enough. We really are not good enough. And we can try to make this better and we can play you know we can play a better version of what we've seen over the last few games but our ceiling is much lower than we thought it was even even if ad comes back as early as you could be optimistic about it there isn't enough time there isn't enough talent and here's the thing they may be wrong they may not be wrong about that but that's still a dangerous place to be in in terms of trying you to be able to, you have season. to be able to fool yourself. And right. these guys, you get, the one, the problem with veterans, you know, we always talk about young players being too stupid to know that they're not supposed to win. Uh, young veteran teams might be smart enough to know they're not supposed to win, you know, and, and that's a, you're right. It's a, it's a dangerous place. To be. You're, it really dovetails nicely. I think in a couple ways to Westbrook's comments after the game, which, uh, you know, I, by now people have probably seen on Twitter and get, get a lot of attention. Um, so let's talk about that stuff next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, which means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit, eating healthier, make Built Bar part of those plans. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It allows you to eat healthy without it just getting boring and frustrating and making you say, screw it, man. Like, I don't believe in this new lifestyle the same way the Lakers don't believe in themselves. Probably both sets are saying, where's my chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars. They are covered in 100% real chocolate. Something good, by the way, if the Lakers want to eat their feelings right now, and I wouldn't blame them. Most Built Bars, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. That's the good stuff. Great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, salted caramel, and down the line. So go to Built.com, use the promo code LOCK15, get 15% off your first order. Again, promo code LOCK15, 15% off at Built.com. Locked on Lakers also brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we uh, continue the march to the playoffs in the NBA and the NHL and obviously the NFL already in them. 
Uh, Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. And it's a new year with a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to get started. So from baseball, football, not baseball, mostly basketball, football, hockey, boxing, UFC, and eventually baseball, but not now. Right down to your Vegas, uh, favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager in all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Um, all right, so let's talk about Westbrook, who basically spent his uh, post-game media conference again, not in a bad mood. Uh, you know, surprisingly cordial. Um, he didn't turn the ball over. He had zero turnovers again. Um, and uh, but. The theme of Russ after the game was we need to play harder is ultimately we need to play harder. And this was not just him. You heard it again. I referenced Spectrum Sportsnet, their post game show. You heard the broadcast team like, you know, play like this was one of those nights you could see they're being beat to 50 50 balls. They were slow. And while Frank Vogel um, chalked some of that up to getting their asses kicked, which I think is relevant. It does hurt your body language and the speed at which you move. Both of those things can be true at once. They were getting their asses kicked in part because they weren't playing hard enough. Yeah, Dwight Howard said the same thing. And stop me if you've heard this before from me, Brian. I've been saying this a lot all season. This is this is just something like I know sometimes playing hard or effort can be a very subjective thing. And and this is something you brought up before that at times we need to play play harder from players can be code for, you know, we need to play better or an mm-hmm. excuse to fall back on. I don't think that's the case with this team. They need to play better, but in lieu of maybe the talent gap that they don't have, or at least until AD comes back, they need to be playing harder all the time. And this is something they have not been doing on a regular basis. It may be, you mentioned before how veteran teams, it can be harder to talk themselves into being better than they are further along than they are their own championship potential superstar teams, you know, or at least guys who have been superstars. And there's a lot of guys on this team who have been superstars, or even in the case of somebody like Trevor Ariza, a very high end role player, you know, somebody with a pretty high profile. They're not always the guys used to doing the hustle stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you look right now at like the hustle stats for this team, they are among the lead uh, seller dwellers for contested shots, among the lead seller dwellers for offensive loose balls recovered, defensive loose balls recovered, loose balls recovered in total. And it it doesn't feel in any way misleading. It, no, they are a team that, like, I understand if they get beat in certain ways because of who's on the floor right now, the limitations of what is a very oddly constructed roster, all of those things. But getting to a loose ball is getting to a loose ball. And you will get beat at times, but there are other times where they're getting beat, and I think more often than not, because they're just not going after it hard enough. Like, they they, they have but to here, play. Yeah, and here, here's where I think those things are related, though. You know, and I, I, I think oftentimes we just have to play harder. I 100% believe, I still believe, 100% that sometimes we have to play harder is just code for we need to play better, and I still think that's true. But where I think it's particularly relevant for this team is the gap between, like we were talking earlier, the gap between where they are and where they expected to be. The amount of hard <laughs> that, that I think they thought would be required is just way higher. Like when you sort of mentally calibrate based on what you think you are, your expectations as a player, 
I'm not saying they're right. Um, you know, and your, your conception of self may not be accurate, but when you have that conception and you're faced with a gap between your belief and the reality, cranking that thing up to 12 or 13 and playing, frankly, like the Clippers had to play a couple years ago, you know, when they were completely starless and, you know, all these other things. And they were, you know, this scrappy team that somehow, you know, got themselves into playoff contention and all that with Patrick Beverly as their best player or whatever it was. It's because they played 10 times harder than everyone. Yeah. And that is a skill. And it's wow, not you, a Brian, skill. You just took it to a really delicate, sensitive place comparing no, the right. Lakers to the Clippers. To the Clippers. You're right. Yeah. I, I didn't even, that wasn't even on purpose. But like, you know, Memphis. This time it's like, personal. Memphis has been like that over the last, you know, last season. I think yeah. they were a great. It's like there are certain teams that can get by because in the NBA, playing harder than your opponent every night is a skill. And this is where the cliche, I think, does have some truth to it. The Lakers do get everyone's best shot, you know, so like teams do get amped up. So it's harder to, to get that team on a night where they're just not as, you know, as dialed in or they're not working as hard because. So many Laker games are on TV or whatever it might be. You want to say you beat the Lakers. LeBron's there. Westbrook's there. And so, you know, it's a big deal. So you don't get teams that are blowing the game off. But, okay, that's baked into the cake. And now it just means you got to play that much harder because they are not capable right now of playing better. And so when you don't have better as an option, let me rephrase, they are obviously capable of playing better. They're not capable of better making up the gap. If that makes sense, yeah. I mean, so and they I, have they the, the the amount of of just pure effort needs to 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 go up. I don't know if if that can solve the problem. If they can get there with the players that can then perform what they need to do, like the jigsaw puzzle here is as you know, Grandma Sophie, our great grandmother, might have said, or anybody else you know from the old country, fakakta. <laughs> but it is. It is, it's something they got to do and they got to do it quickly because they are going to lose ground fast in the conference yeah. uh, if they don't. Yeah, I mean, one thing before getting to the jigsaw puzzle that I just, I think it's significant hearing this from Russell Westbrook just because as much as Westbrook can be guilty at times of, I think, equating playing hard with playing well, like in, in terms of the same importance and Russ often grading himself on a curve that is weighed heavily towards how hard did I play? And as long as I played hard, the other stuff I can live with. And there are times where it seems like that can feel like a way of sloughing off the stuff that didn't go well for you in this game, like a defense mechanism. He's a hundred percent right about this. Again, it yep. can't be emphasized enough. And I just think it's interesting hearing that from Westbrook, just because he's somebody that fans often get frustrated by you know treating hard charging as if that will solve everything. You mentioned though, Brian, the jigsaw puzzle element of this. You know, Frank Vogel after the game was talking about like there's still a new group still learning each other. Like they haven't had a lot of practice time. You know, they they haven't gotten to a place yet where everybody's comfortable with each other. That's true. I mean he is correct. They have not had a lot of practice time. It is a incredibly new group like it is one of the most turned over rosters we've ever covered mm -hmm. but they are well past the name tag stage of this season like at, at this yeah, point man, yes and no i mean like they're like they're they're well past where that 
I mean, they're like, well you, past you're, where you're still integrating Stanley Johnson. You're still integrating Trevor no, Ariza. You're, I, you're I doing, get that. doing different I, things with different people. And the, the, I, I just, I don't think they're well past it in terms of like, does it have a practical effect on what they're doing? Yeah. But I'm also well past that being something that they can lean on. That's well, that was my point. Like I, you are correct that they are still in a place where because continuity has been so fleeting, like it may feel that way. But they are well past that place where, frankly, you even bring it up. This you is know what, what I mean. They, this is the scenario that they yes, bought. That's, they bought that's a themselves a, a a a setup where a lack of continuity was you know was going to be something that either was you know it's been worse. Don't get me wrong, but like they set themselves up to have a long learning curve. Like so, the idea that it would be even longer. Okay. I mean, but that's, this was the danger in the roster you built. Um, but anyway, I have, I, 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 we don't have time to get in it now, but I, I have a couple theories that I, I want to look at um, as we get into, uh, you know, the Monday game, the Martin Luther King Jr. game against Utah and some of the other ones that are coming up, some intriguing road contests for the Lakers. Probably best that they're not playing at the Crypt right now. I'm not sure how good a welcome they would get there. Um, but this is, uh, these are dangerous times for the Lakers uh, going forward as they sink again game under five again thanks to everybody for making locked on lakers your first listen of every day including a sunday uh and we will see everybody soon thanks